Hello and welcome to another episode of the Val and the Frog podcast. Been a while, but we are back on it. Uh, we've been doing quite a lot of side projects, so uh, we can't lose any love for the podcast though, so we gotta come back and continue on with this sort of content. Sashko, how are you doing? How have you been for the last month or so? Great. By the way, all of my injuries have healed. All physiotherapy has worked. And now I'm finally back up and running and we'll start training very soon. That's great to hear, considering I'm about a week or so away from going into physiotherapy. So, no, it hasn't been our strongest season as far as sporting things. Yeah. Though, but we'll be, next season will be ours, I'm sure. <laughs> next year is our year. We're like uh, the therapy oscillator. Whenever someone gets injured, the other one heals and vice versa. I mean, I don't know if it's, uh, we we need to find a way to like get a third person in and like have them injured all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We, we we have to figure something out. But yeah, um, I mean, today we have a bit of a. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting one. It's a quite close to my heart sort of theme. Uh, we are gonna be mostly going on about different animals and stuff around animals and stuff like that um i mean as far as animals goes um i mean i've what i've had very many different things i remember i used to have like a lot of fish when i was a kid but they would always like die about a week after they, we've gotten them then we got a turtle said turtle has been uh, like we've been with us for what about 15 years or so then a dog that's about 10 years old right now um and we have chickens as well uh kind of a i mean back in the day we used to have chickens like when i was little um like at our village and stuff but now like my parents look after chickens so it's like a little all the way like loop around but also like we've been around cats and stuff like that as far as i'm aware I mean, you have a dog at the moment that they know, and I think you've had a different dog before or something. What else have you had? Yes. Well, at first I had, well, the first official pet I had was one snail. I don't remember how old it was, probably about five years old or so. I just picked up a snail from the ground and then I brought it home. Actually, I was for, for the summer with my grandparents. So we kind of built our snail some sort of a house. I don't really remember where exactly we put him, but we put him somewhere. And this was our snail's house. The snail's name was Pesho. So Pesho didn't live very long. I think that he died after probably less than a month or maybe a month or maybe two months. I don't really remember, but he didn't live very long. Then after that, probably when I was about... Six or seven, maybe. We got some sort of an ant farm. I still have it somewhere around here. So basically what it does is that there is some sort of a jelly in a, in a glass. The glass is some sort of... It's, it's, it has a rectangular cross-section and it's very tall. So basically the ants eat this jelly and this jelly serves as their food 
And in the same time, when they eat it, they build tunnels through it after they've eaten it. And so you can see through the glass how they make these tunnels and how their colony spreads and how it grows and everything. But the problem was that the, this glass chamber wasn't sealed very well, very good. So the ants escaped one after another. And probably after two weeks, almost every ant was gone. So we kind of abandoned that also. And then we got our first dog. Her name was Aya. It was Beagle. She was with us for about... About eight or nine years. I probably remember the exact dates. I think, yeah. I think she died about somewhere about the 5th of February 2020. Basically what happened is that she was on a walk and she ate something which was poisoned and then we brought her to the the vet but they couldn't save her save her and in about three days he died she died and then a year after we got another beagle another female and she's here with us now and her name is Pippi and Maybe that's yeah. I think I think that's basically it. I don't really remember having anything else as a pet. I mean, with the I was kind of interested to know what the normal lifespan of a snail is. So I just did a little googling, and it's like ten, fifteen years. So, <laughs> oops. Oh, you either did a very bad job of looking after a snail, or you just randomly picked up like a thirteen-year-old snail. Oh, I, I picked up that as a. Yeah, I picked up the oldest snail in history and I extended his lifespan for a whole month. Oh, okay, okay. So it was like actually, it is uh, the fact that it even lasted that yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, I don't, uh, I felt like I've seen someone else have a snail, but I don't remember. I know I was like catching butterflies when I was little, not probably the oh. best activity, but um, I don't know. I mean, Having pets is a bit of a... It's like it's a weird one where there's like a very fine line of what you can look after as a pet and what you can't really. Um, I mean, we've heard a lot of about like exotic pets and stuff. Uh, there have been all sorts of people that had tigers and stuff. Like Mike Tyson, I think, had a tiger at one point. Yeah. Um, at the moment, somewhere down Mexico or some... Like, I think Escobar had like a bunch of hippos that they're currently trying to figure out what to do with, because there's like 120 hippos in a place where there isn't supposed to be any hippos. And I think they're transferring about like half of them to like zoos and stuff, and they might kill the rest or something. I don't know. But, um, I mean, as far as like exotic sort of pets, um, I mean, how do we feel about something like this? Um, is it... Like, where do you think is sort of the line of a thing you can look after and you can't? And is it just about whether or not you can provide the right sort of environment for them? Or even if you can, is it sort of not okay because you're pulling them out of their, like, even more, like, natural habitat and the way they're supposed to live? Like, how do we kind of um, look into the whole sort of situation with having pets that are not necessarily supposed to be pets? 
Well, it depends why you get the pet. Some people get pets because they are lonely and want to have some experience with another thing which is as close to a human being as possible, basically another friend. That's why a lot of dads get pets and they have a really nice bond and closeness together. And for you can also get with the extravagant pets, probably some people get them just to show off. So it depends what type of connection you want to build with the, build with the pet. If you want to be some sort of their friend and do some activities together, probably it's good to get some of the normal pets, which basically pets which can feel some sort of emotions and can be trained and do something with them. And if you want, just want to show off, then you can pretty much get everything, everything you like. You don't really, as long as it's legal, of course, because there are some lawful regulations about in what type of pets you can get where. I know that some countries it's forbidden. There are even fines for animal trafficking. Basically, if you smuggle snakes on a plane or something like that, you you can get penalized because that is illegal in some countries so it really depends on what you what you want to what you want to achieve with a pet if you want to do something with a pet you can probably get a dog or even even a monkey if it's legal something basically it depends on your on your goals i don't think there is a general answer I mean, I assume everyone who would go after like a tiger or crocodile or monkeys or anything like that as a pet would probably fall into the latter category of people wanting to show off the fact that they can have a tiger. Um, I mean, it's a bit of a, it's a weird one because in a sense, it's like, why would it be less okay to have like a cheetah than to have a German shepherd? Like well, obviously, like a cheetah would need like a lot of space to run and stuff. But then, if you can't provide it, like, but basically, let's say let's we let we let's take the cheetah as a example. Do you think if you have like a acres of land and stuff, and you have that mansion, and, I don't know, and you have built like a little sanctuary basically for it? And you just get a cheetah, and now you have a cheetah. Is that okay, or is it still in that sort of morally gray area as far as like getting pets goes? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is an intrinsic problem with getting a cheetah as long as you can provide the space for running and everything. And to be honest, it's if you have the resources available, it will be even better for the cheetah than sitting in a zoo because in the zoo they don't really have space to do anything. It's pretty close. It's pretty... The spaces are pretty small. So you will actually be providing it with more opportunities to live their natural life than if it's kept closed in the zoo or in a small cage. So if you are able to provide what's necessary, then there isn't really much problem. And probably you can invent some some interesting... Basically, you can teach the cheetah some things which not a, no, no other animal has ever been taught. You can teach it some tricks, some extravagant things. Maybe you, maybe you can you can make it some sort of 
not exactly like a circus animal, but you can teach it some tricks which are kind of new to society. I mean, I guess you can. Again, it's it's kind of like should you though is a bit of a question, but it's interesting where you mentioned zoos because as far as zoos go, I know they're like a very very polarizing thing. Um, as far as the people that care about animals community goes, whether it's okay because of preservation and um, all of that sort of stuff, <clears throat> but then um, are the habitats that the animals are provided sufficient enough and stuff is also very much a concern. I mean, obviously there's like the International Zoo committee or i mean i don't know what the name of their organization is but there's like rules and regulations of what sort of environment you need to provide for a certain animal in order for it to, for you to have it i mean that's why like you basically never see cheetahs in zoos because of how much space you would need for them i think there's like um basically a specific like um cheetah only sanctuary uh somewhere down in Africa, not sure where exactly, but like they were looking after like a bunch of cheetahs and they were working with them and stuff and they had built these like tunnels, you know how um, you have the uh, dog races. Yeah. Um, they had that sort of setup where uh, they would like have a rabbit, I don't know if it was a real rabbit or a fake rabbit, but they had something uh, down like a long corridor and the cheetahs like would chase after that, so like they get drink every day. Um, also, I remember like they had these incredibly high fences for the cheetahs because um, apparently they can jump like three, four meters high, um, which is it's a pretty long way up to be fair. But yeah, that's why like with zoos normally you would have that. Okay, in order for you guys to have that animal, you need to have that sort of place and there is there are regulations, so you don't actually I mean, and me I have actually volunteered at a zoo uh for about a year or so. Um and like I've seen a lot of uh modernization as far as facilities goes um that has been done every year. And also there is stuff like which, again, we'll probably touch into that a little bit further on. Um, there was stuff like uh, the giant African snails, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they had gone in extinct in the wild, I think. And But then there were a few remaining in different zoos. So they used the zoos to um, get the population up and running again. And then they reintroduced them to the natural place. And now they're like, oh, good. Which... I mean, okay, let's let's leave that one for a little bit after and then just concentrate on the zoos for a second. I mean, what is your general view on zoo, on the on zoos? Like do you think because you the way you spoke about them just now kind of so, sounded mostly negative. Is that your general view or do you think it's more of a like negatives and positives and depending on how you do it it's more of a balanced thing? Yeah, basically said that Things can be done better, but of course that can be said about everything. And I generally I would say that I like zoos because in zoos you get the opportunity to see animals which you can basically never see, never see in your lifetime. 
unless you do a lot of traveling. And even if you do a lot of traveling, you will not necessarily go to the natural habitats of these animals. So you have the opportunity to see a lot of things which you will probably never see. But of course, they can be improved as ter in terms of quality of life of the pets. But that is, of course, very difficult to achieve because you have to expand the zoo. That costs more money. So, of course, it's pretty much impossible. I don't think the zoos, if they had the opportunity, they would probably do it. But it's very difficult. So I would say that in general, I like zoos because they give me the opportunity to see some really nice animals. And, of course, they can also be used as a social event. You can go with your family, you can go with friends to the zoo, because it is, it's more different than just going, let's say, to the mall or to the cinema. I mean, yeah, I, I personally have gone to about every zoo where I could have, like, whenever I'm in a city, I tend to visit the zoo, which is, in a, in a sense, it's a very weird concept, because, let's say... Most of the animals that different zoos have, especially if you've been to one of the larger ones, like you will see the exact same animals everywhere. Um, and it's like it's an interesting concept how you kind of um, go here and it's like, oh, let's go see the lions. And then like in a year or so, you might be like the same group of people might go to the exact same zoo to go and see the exact same animals that... Like all the time, the only thing they'll be doing mostly will be just like lying around. But there is there is like some sort of draw there. Like it's interesting, even though you are even with animal because you said, oh, you see something you've never seen before, which obviously would be an attraction of a zoo. But once you've gone to, as I said, most of the big zoos, it'll be very very rare that you would see. Like you might go to a new zoo and there might be like one species. Uh, that you haven't seen somewhere else, but most of the animals you have you would have already seen. But there is still some sort of draw there. What do you think that sort of draw is? That even though it's, is it just of how, like the closest to the closeness to nature that you get maybe, or is it just because of how like spectacular variety of species like and the like actual uh, phenomenality of these specific species, or what do you think is the draw of going to zoos where you would go again to the, to the same one or stuff like that? Well, a bit of both, of course, and also an important factor is I think that animals have some sort of autonomy about them. They can make independent decisions, so there is always a little bit of an unknown whether, for example, this lion will try to jump and attack me, whether this gazelle will try to run whether I would see the tiger being fed and he would just tear apart his meat, which is given. So you realize basically that these animals are another living creatures and they can do something new each time you see them. And that is probably another draw to the zoo because a lot of these animals, which we're talking about, for example, the elephants, the tigers and everything, they are bigger than a, than a human. So exactly as in human interactions, when you're talking to someone physically stronger than you, you feel intimidated, at least to some extent on a subconscious level. I think that also plays a role in our interaction with animals because we realized that they are extremely powerful and we are some sort of very intrigued. We, we want to see these powerful creatures do something. And if they can do something, 
something new, something which is not necessarily expected from us. Like as I said, for example, the tiger can decide to jump and try to attack you. That is probably some sort of a pull towards the zoo. Same, for example, with the horror movies. So I think that also is a very important factor. I mean, yeah, I guess like that whole thing of you never know what is going to happen because it's not like, I mean, it's not like rewatching a movie where the exact same thing might happen. It's, as you said, autonomous beings who might decide to do something interesting, something random. So you never know. I, th- I see that happening. I don't know. <clears throat> like, I can see the, um, <clears throat> that kind of adrenaline chase thing with, um, the intimidation factor of animals and stuff, but I don't know whether or not that happening at a zoo nullifies that because of sort of like you're not gonna get someone like you might get someone falling into a pen you're not gonna get someone coming out of a pen are you and so it's like if you go to a safari or if you do like wildlife sort of nature trails trekking and stuff where you want to go to the habitats of animals and sort of risk meeting them, I feel you would get much stronger uh, sense of that thing you were talking about than at a zoo. Although I guess it's not impossible. Uh, I mean, I remember once um, uh, there was like a little terrarium or whatever with an iguana in it, and the iguana like literally was like chilling on a branch or something, and I was there was like glass between us, and the iguana jumped at me. But obviously, just hit the glass and fell down. But that was a bit weird. So that's an animal attack of a sort. Very random. But I mean, I've seen also other just random things that I've remember now when you were speaking. Um, I don't remember seeing tigers fed. I think I've seen like meat lying there for them, and they might have been eating it. But like a feeding thing. Um, I remember seeing some main wolves being fed and like the uh, the zookeeper would throw the meat up in the air and they would jump and grab at me there and stuff that was kind of cool um i've fed personally some of the herbivores um nothing too extreme because even when you are volunteering at a zoo it doesn't quite pass health and safety to for them to be like yeah just go in you can you can feed the lions it's okay we have other volunteers. We might lose one or two. It's, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. I yeah, zoos. Are, uh, it's in. It's. I well, okay. Let's see because we left that as another par like a parameter of a zoo, and before we maybe can give them like an overall grade of some sort. Um, let's maybe discuss that. What do you think about preservation uh, when it comes to zoos? So. Um, there's like I like I've given you examples. There is sometimes where some species currently exist only because of uh, the works of zoos, and also because like they've been species where they've been thought to be extinct, but they they found then found some like a f- like a few species left in someone's collection, someone who had them illegally, and then they took them and started spreading them around the zoos. Uh, but some people, when it comes to these sort of things, say that's not okay uh, because you're sort of artificially 
uh, preserving species that were supposed to go extinct anyway. So we are kind of getting into the works of nature and modifying that in like an outsider way. And so they think that is actually not okay. Um, how do you sort of feel about that? Well, we are basically in the work of nature either way, because probably we are the main reason that these species are extinct in the first place because of our infrastructure, our building and everything. So we have kind of already done it. And if you're able to preserve, if you're, I think that if you're able to preserve the species, nothing really, well, it, it's not really, it's not really that bad. It's better to have the information than not to have it. I mean, it's always better to have the ability to do something than not to do it because Either way, the species is extinct in the wild, so it will not it will not multiply itself if it will not reproduce. So at least you have some at least you have it in the zoo as some sort of a trophy. You will sit there and remember the past times. And also films like Jurassic Park, you always kinda of have some sort of nostalgia towards the animals and the li- living creatures of the past. You want to see them, you want to experience them. I think that is a great way to do it because everyone wants a Jurassic Park in real life, basically. So if we have the opportunity to do that, why not do it? And you cannot really... And I mean, basically what what I mean is that people, as you mentioned, can have some animals illegally. So if you make it completely illegal, then people are going to continue to store these animals illegally either way because they are rich enough or whatever. So we kind of go into something similar to the war war on drugs, where the solution is to obviously just make all drugs legal and then just tax them and make some sort of regulation and make them public, because either way, they are going to be traded illegally. So if you make it legal, as for example, having these animals in the zoo, then that is the better solution than to just let people have them illegally because that is going to happen. Mm. I mean, yeah, in the way where you were like, it's interesting that again, that you mentioned you kind of different topics that I've been thinking about. You started, started introducing them while we were talking about these ones, like here mentioning Jurassic Park and stuff. Because, um, I mean, where you were mentioning about the trophy thing, sure, um, I, I mean, I, I support those sort of ideas. Um, I think it's kind of um, the biggest point there uh, is the fact exactly that pretty much most of the animals going extinct is very much in some way or like either just because of us or very much because of us, but definitely at least a little bit because of us is that these species have gone extinct. So we can't we can't really pull ourselves out of um the nature working you know we've already our 90 percent factors of everything that happens in nature anyway right so it's very very difficult to then go and like well we probably shouldn't put our like stick our fingers in everything right which it's a bit too late for that so in that sort of case like i like that and um in a weird like a collector's mind where for me personally the more species that exist 
I think it's the better. It's just like you have some more more species and as many as them of out of them like I I could go and see. It's kind of again it's a bit of a sort of goal. I don't know, it's like a Pokemon. Got to catch them all sort of vibe, you know. Yeah. Um so I don't know. I I am I feel perfectly fine with saying okay, yeah. If we are to reintroduce species in that sort of way where we've lost them in the wild but we have them in captivity and then slowly start releasing them and stuff, I feel that's perfectly fine. I don't know why necessarily I would uh, back that as like a bad thing. But then with you mentioning Jurassic Park, we're getting into a bit more weirder scientific um, sort of places because those are two things that have been worked on one being cloning and the other using uh, genetic modification of a sort to introduce species that have been instinct for a very long while and getting some of the megafauna back and stuff um i mean let's 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 touch on the dinosaurs megafauna and all that stuff because you just mentioned it already um one thing that i think is happening at the moment they might have um impregnated some elephants with like uh mammoth uh embryo things or however they exactly did it and i think their gestation period is like 22 weeks so we might be having some mammoths being born in about a year or two um there's also obviously there's the idea of a Jurassic Park happening. I mean, you sa- you said that you kind of support these sort of things happening, right? Yeah, yeah, I support the, the, the Jurassic Park. I really want to see some sort of dinosaurs alive. So, yeah, I'm supportive of the idea. Um, do you think, like, is it is it in any way possible... Um, I mean, dinosaurs probably is kind of a... like. Dinosaurs, even though we've seen the films, probably are one of the furthest things away. If we even start going that direction, we are going to just bring back some random small mammals and then some other... Like, you know, there's going to be like a very big progression where we would probably get to dinosaurs kind of at the last possible second as far as um, the evolution progression goes. But do you see any sort of way for like full-on reintroduction to where we can bring these animals back into nature as a whole? Or do you think this will be, like, it'll be too hard to do, they're not going to fit with the way, like, the world is at the moment? Do you think there is any way of achieving that or not? Well, I mean, probably some of them will find a way to fit in. It's basically exactly the same thing what happens when you introduce, let's say, a new frog in Australia, which somehow ends up being the most dominant frog ever and eats up everything. If it has no natural predators, it will just kind of become this ultimate alpha of the food chain and will leave. If the said dinosaur turns out to be very weak, then it will just get hunted down. So, I mean, they will create a space for themselves somehow, whatever you do. But I don't really think that we will be able to get who want dinosaurs exactly I would, basically, my idea is that we will not be able to completely restore them. I think our most effective way to, quote-unquote, bring dinosaurs back is to get some some bird, let's say, some chicken, and just experiment with its genes because it's the closest that it comes to dinosaurs. And when we 
hit on a good mutation, let's say it basically it looks more dinosaurly. We just keep it that way and then we build up build up on that. So we will most likely be able to create something which very closely resembles dinosaurs, but we will not be able to completely bring them back exactly as they were. Mm. I mean, if you have like any DNA preserver, like I know that's how they do it, let's say with the mammoth, it's just like they took the, um, it's sort of this um, <clears throat> chicken idea you brought in. It's you find the closest possible living relative and you <clears throat> sort of introduce some DNA sample that you mix in with theirs, it's that sort of thing. So depending on what sort of DNA we do have and how close of relatives we do have, is something which will be a very, very big factor in that. But, I mean, well, first, it's the frog thing, I'm pretty sure they did, like, bring... Um, I think it's like a South American frog, maybe. They did bring one to Australia, but it's not like it ate everything and became that alpha. It's just, I think it was poisonous. And all the animals that did live originally with that frog have, like, evol um, evolved to be okay and immune to that toxin so they're fine but none of the species like in australia had the immunity so i'm pretty sure like half the um small carnivores just died because they were all eating the frog um and that is very much a danger you like you can in a way, you said, okay, we'll see it to be like natural selection. Either they'll survive or they won't. But let's say they do, and we introduce some alpha sort of predator, um, that would most definitely lead to the extinction of some other species, which would not be able to fare in the new climate. Um, and in this way, like, we will be very, very seriously swaying nature's course in that sort of sense. Um, are we okay with that? Is it just saying, okay, we achieved that scientific advancement, we've brought these animals in, and now it's like, well, if you're too weak, you're too weak, you know? Uh, or because we've inter uh, artificially brought them in, it's kind of now maybe the first thing we would kind of write off as a bit um, sketchy to, for us to do. Well, I mean... It is basically, I don't think there is, it, basically it comes down just to morals and ethics and for each person they are different. If you want to see your, if you want to see your raptor succeed, then you will just let it do whatever it wants and if it kills something, then too bad for the other things it killed. And if you're concerned about preserving the state of nature as it is, then you will be up against it. So it's it's basically just will come up, come down to some sort of vote between the countries and the politicians will basically decide what they consider ethical or not. But you, in the beginning, I feel that they will probably do some sort of an experiment where they where they just drop some sort some dinosaurs in a large large enough territory when they're let's say they drop some dinosaurs in the Serengeti Park in Africa when there are lions, zebras and everything, and they will see how they cope and survive and then they will decide whether to do it in the whole world.
Yeah, I mean, that's what we saw in the movies, right? Um, obviously, there was the parks and stuff, but they were always taking different islands. So yeah. it's sort of you have the water border for you for it to prevent the whole thing. But also the other thing we saw in the movies was basically no matter which time they tried, in what way they tried and everything, stuff always went wrong. People always died. Dinosaurs escaped. We even had like dinosaurs just going into the normal world. I think one of like Jurassic yeah, yeah. World movies and stuff. Um, I mean, do we have the capabilities to prevent all these catastrophes from happening? Or is experimentation on that sort of level bound to bring us a lot of trouble? How do you feel about it? Well, everything new in order to implement itself goes through some sort of difficult moments, whether you will, whether you would just call the new app to launch in the App Store, it will have some difficulties, it will have some initial bugs in it and everything. So some difficulties are naturally going to be present. And maybe they will go out of control, maybe they won't, but I do not think it will completely go out of control as in Jurassic Park because we have too much of an advanced military and everything, and I believe that the said dinosaurs will be taken care of or will be kept under control. Maybe we will install something in there. Maybe we will put some sort of chip in there under their skin which can blow itself up or something like that. So I don't oh, think suicide squad thing. <laughs> maybe, yeah, I, I don't think it will go to as drastic extent as in the movies, but probably something will... Something will screw up. Maybe the animals will just start dying in their cells in the new Jurassic Park or something. There, there will be problems. problems oh, for there. sure, because with the introduction of these species and stuff, like we were thinking about disasters of like them eating people and stuff like that, but you have no idea how species like that would cope with uh, just viruses because they might pretty much die immediately because they cannot survive uh, with the viruses that we have currently going around. That's definitely going to be a factor. Um, but then it's like, it's interesting because what you say is, well, we create them, we put them there, and now we need to be like, okay, in case things go wrong, we just have some armed people around, we gun them down, we have explosion chips and stuff. Well, um, I assume the same people who would like people who might have been sort of 50 50 or on that moral sort of ground gray area is it okay to bring them back is it not if we bring them back in order to gun them down uh do we think that's where like we would basically lose a lot of people uh, behind that idea as well so do you're asking whether it would be bad if we just bring I mean, that back to for simply hunting reasons I mean, no, obviously it's like, it's not hunting really, is it? But if we are risking um, that sort of, um, like, if we are only prepared um, to deal with those animals to the extent where we might have to just kill them after bringing them back or something like that, um, is it a way, basically, a, a, like an animal cruelty sort of thing? where maybe you shouldn't even, like, play around with the whole thing in the first place. 
Well, of course, yeah, as I said, probably some politicians will vote on what is ethical or what is not. But I personally believe that it it is not a problem. I mean, I am prepared to right now to kill some animal if it attacks me or and it is still living. Let's say let's say some dogs attack me on the street. I am prepared to kill them if that's what it takes to get them away from me. So I don't think that is that is so unethical and so bad for the animals. And it will probably it will probably just be interesting. This whole process of bringing dinosaurs back will be interesting, and we will discover some things about genetic engineering, which can be used in some completely other areas of life. That is exactly how a lot of technologies are developed during wars, world wars, and so on. At first, they are used, of course for military purposes only, but then they get implemented in everyday, everyday's world, like the GPS, for example, and everything. So in, I believe that in the process of bringing, bringing back dinosaurs, we will get some incredible insights on how life works. Because as I think Feynman said it, if you really want to understand something, then you have to build it. So if you understand life, you have to be able to build and create life. So I believe that that will that will further advance the life sciences. Oh, for sure. And even like, not only while doing it, you would progress, just if we've gotten to the point where we can, we've definitely progressed a very long way as well. Um, but then l- let me bring one concept in, um, which is sort of interesting. Let, you know how we've mentioned of the natural course of nature and just how nature is and keeping the balance and survival of the fittest as a thing. So we've sort of talked about like leaving nature alone, just kind of like, okay, that's how things are supposed to happen and we shouldn't really play around with it. Um, how do we feel about the fact that we, as a species, we are part of nature as well, and we've gotten that, uh, we've progressed technologically, evolutionary, and all of those sort of ways, and we've gotten to the point where now we are within our power, we are capable in one way or another, to whatever extent, which is sort of minimal at the moment, but still, to where we can impact nature in those sort of ways. So because we sort of naturally evolved to that point, um, can you say that everything now we do and can do is just basically still nature's way. It's just we've evolved to be those alpha creatures. And considering we can now achieve it, it's just part of the normal course of things and so nothing we can do is actually against the course of things oh that is very actually a very good point i haven't really thought about it that way so yeah that's a great remark well a lot of yeah so i think that that's a great argument and it will probably maybe convince a lot of the people who support the other animal rights and ethics movement without really much thinking but i believe the general idea behind all of this preserving nature and everything is that if we mess about too much in nature, then it will turn its back around us and it will cause us too much harm. Let's say if we 
if we pollute Earth too much, then global warming and so on, and there will be a lot of drastic climate changes. It will there will be big storms, the sea levels will rise, which is we which will destroy a lot of our civilization. So basically, we are shooting ourselves with the recoil from our fire and bullets, as a metaphor. So I believe that is the main reason which started this whole animal rights and the one movement. So these people will probably tell you that if we mess too much about that, will backfire on us. So we just have to make sure that we take all measures and we are careful enough so that it will not destroy ourselves. So as long as we take every measure available that we will not kill ourselves, then I I agree that we should pursue everything pretty much. I mean, uh, it's kind of that, like saying that, you know, the Spider-Man thing, with great power comes great responsibility, right? With, with us yeah, yeah. progressing to the point where we can uh, influence pretty much everything, uh, it's also now we need to be careful with everything we do and uh, we are the ones to look after um, those things and how those things impact other things that happen and everything like that. So, I, like, obviously, we cannot be careless with any of that sort of stuff. You need... I mean, and that already happens, right? Whenever there's any project that needs to be done, it, it first gets proposed. Uh, it gets analyzed, you have sort of, you know, obviously things always go wrong, which is inevitable, but there's like a very, very long process of planning, processing and analyzing that happens before you actually start up working on a project. And as far as, like, as long as that's in place, I think, obviously, um, is exactly what you said, right? As long as that's in place it's okay to then proceed. We just don't want to be careless in any way with this, those kind of things. Yeah, so but it, will, it will, of course, come down to us who is responsible for said project. We would be, we would be some sort of big company, let's say how SpaceX now does a lot of space explorations. We would be some sort of an international committee. So it, as it comes to how the laws will regulate it, it's going to be interesting how it will happen. Because a lot when there are a lot of countries communicating and cooperating, a lot of times everything, everything gets done pretty slow. So it, it will be interesting, definitely. And different countries have different policies. Let's say how now the European Union is basically very much against genetically modified foods which is, I believe that is pretty much the wrong approach to, to have, but it, it will be interesting who is in charge of the project. Yeah, and you always, with everything, as far as humans are concerned, you always have the greed factor. As far as long as money is introduced in the picture, you would have someone trying to, like, sway the system or cheat the system or do some you know to get yeah, yeah. as much profit possible as quickly as possible so um it will be like you definitely need serious regulations on anything of the sort but with how big of like as far as like scale wise those are such big projects but that i think that you can't really 
I don't see it happening without those massive discussions and slow processes of hundreds of countries talking and you know it will be like a very very big thing so i assume that is going to happen one way or the other regardless i mean we've one thing that is kind of in between the two things we were talking about so far uh we were we started talking about pets um and then all this scientific progression as far as animals goes but once upon a time that's that were basically the, the exact same thing we got into domes domesticating animals and that's how we got what we have now that all the dogs and stuff we are uh, basically by domesticating wolves we went from just having wolves in the wild to now having what's like hundreds of different species of dogs um i mean I don't think that's because of um, how it happened throughout history and the fact that there's all these animals that have their things that they do yeah, for sure. currently and stuff like that. You don't see much domestication happening nowadays. Um, and domestication would sort of be now allowing everyone to have a tiger and slowly we turn those tigers into... Some sort of like, I don't know, like shepherd cat sort of thing, you know? Um, so if, if that has been such a successful project in the past and basically our um, agricultural, you know, the meat industry, everything, like every single thing on that sort of sense and also back in the day before all the technologies we were using all of these animals for a lot of work around the place and stuff like that um so we it, it, it has led us to a lot of good uh using domestication as a process um do you think that maybe now with the introduction of all the technologies um that's something that's no longer necessary in any way or do you think because of all the progression we sort of missed out on domestication as a process that has served us well throughout history and maybe um there are some species we've missed out on domesticating which could have helped us yeah of course probably we've missed out on something let's say if we somehow managed to domesticate more birds and everything we would have some sort of like control or whatever or maybe insects somehow but I think that nowadays, due to the te technological advancements, our new pets are basically computers and robots because you, we can program them to do exactly what we want while the animal might get hungry, might get tired, might might see something and get a, an adrenaline rush and do something which we don't necessarily want. So robots are, robots are more safe and trustworthy in that sense. And we domesticated animals for them to help us in our hunt, in our in our fighting when we were defending our cave for ancient fire. So robots do a more reliable job than pets. So I believe that it will be very difficult to for humanity as a whole to start domesticating some animals again when we have robots and artificial intelligence and computers mm. so i mean that is probably 
um, the right answer there for sure. Because, um, you know, you can have that. I mean, we do we did use carrier pigeons yeah, for yeah. a bit, right? So, And then, you know, you have that like, like you can set up like an interesting mailing thing. But nowadays, first of all, everything happens like who sends letters anyway but even if you want to transfer stuff like that like packages and stuff nowadays you can start doing it with drones right so um you're gonna i mean uh, where you said it's um like less dangerous and more predictable and easier to deal with um in a sense yes in a different sense again you have the um, you know the whole ai dangers and like people there is conversations around that where um, once AI surpasses us, which kind of has already, depending on like which sort of ways you look at it, um, it's kind of the proportions in which things can go out of control can be a lot bigger than with animals, even though what you did say is correct, where on more basic sense, in more trivial matters, definitely it's less um trouble to deal with sort of robots and um you kind of remove that unpredictability factor you remove the autonomous decision that might occur when you're dealing with animals instead uh but yeah i don't know though um i guess okay so let's then introduce it as more of a um you know fantasy sort of point um if you yourself are to maybe get the chance to get like that. It's not like, you know, let's bring down the domestication uh, process to literally basically like one animal or something. Um, what sort of animal do you think you would want to have as like by your side, you know, fully trained animal that you can, I don't know, like in the way you can have a horse to ride around or you can have a little bird that can do things for you. What sort of animal do you think you will go for if you can have that one perfectly trained wild pet? Well, that's an interesting question. I really love to ride horses, but it will probably be an insect like a mosquito because I will just tell it to go put a disease in some person I don't like and then that person will die. That sounds kind of violent, well, but I mean, while you were saying it, I was just like, should I ask him whether he means like, like basically like a malaria and just like, yeah, exactly <laughs> what you meant. Um, <laughs> I mean, is it, is it maybe, I mean, how, I don't know if I, I don't know if I should ask that, but how often, like, on, is it like on a daily basis where you want to kill people? Is it, um, well, no, not, not really. Or maybe it, maybe I won't really make it to kill them, but let's say we are playing and my team is losing to Neil, for example. You just want them to suffer. Yeah, I, I would just <laughs> make him some. I would make him some sort of really high blood pressure or something, which will make us make the comeback, and then maybe the other person can be okay. But basically, the insect can go pretty much everywhere and cause a lot of trouble without necessarily being seen. So. Basics are the way to go. Mm. I mean, you would probably need to get some sort of, um, you can, I don't know, become like a insect whisperer sort of where you, you would need to have multiple because yeah, what's yeah. the lifespan? It's probably like a few days of, a, I don't know, of an that insect. Is, so. 
Yeah, that is also true. You would need like a bunch of them. Just you. Well, there's like uh, what is it like the Aburame clan in Naruto where <laughs> they have insects living basically in them. So you need to do something like that. Um, I don't know if I have to choose. I'll definitely go for something more. I think something cooler, maybe just kind of. I mean, in the sense where having a mosquito is cool, but snakes are cool also. Hmm. True, but problems with sn I don't. I don't know how a snake would. Like you would have to carry it around. Like it can't really, uh -huh. really get anywhere, can it? And is that the same problem with having a horse? There's not many places where you can. Like people nowadays do have horses, but where there is a very very small amount of places where you can have a horse and like freely ride yeah. it around. Um. I mean. So birds in that sense are good because birds can move very, very large spaces as far as like travel goes. Um, they can move freely because they're in the air. But what other than like bringing things around and sending messages and stuff, what can you really do with a bird though? That's the problem. Yeah, if you, if like, Maybe you can get some sort of a condor, or I don't know if if if, if it will be able to. But if you can get a large enough bird so that it can carry you, and still be some sort of a big dog, so you can take it to the restaurant with you or something like that, then it can be done. But I don't think there are many birds who can carry people. Um, I mean, uh, I assume the. I, I I don't know. Like you would need to be a light person. Um like you know the like there is people who are like 35, 40 kg or something. I assume something like that would be possible for a bird. I but once you go into that sort of 60, 70, 80 kilograms yeah, yeah. territory, I don't see Apparently after Google search there are no living birds that can fly a human. Even the condor. Well, I mean, it makes sense though. Like, as far uh, they do, like l some of them would like pick up goats and drop them and stuff. But again, we're talking about like a 10, 15 kilogram animal against like a 78 kilogram animal. So, um, do you do you see any uh, merit in having like a water animal, maybe? Well, you can. Hmm. I mean, I assume a fish is not going to be exactly yeah, uh, yeah helpful, but maybe like a whale or a dolphin. Yeah, it it will be nice, but it basically your interactions with it will be pretty limited. So it's not. Is but there it... any way for you know that uh, Finding Nemo style uh, that whale swallows you and in like brings you somewhere is there a safe way to to use an aquatic mammal to travel because that does that i mean i don't know like it's not useful in any way it's just something you would do just because you can yeah yeah but yeah. traveling to a random island in the mouth of a blue way or something does sound yeah it's cool
I'm not not sure. I'm not sure how can be how it can be done. Maybe you can get some sort of a like you no. can get a saddle for them, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like you would have to move to somewhere just to be on the sea. I mean, if you have your own orca or something, it's probably worth moving to the seaside. But I don't, I don't know. Something like that might be interesting. Um, then you have like that sort of monkey thing with, you know, how Jack Sparrow kind of, well, it, I don't think the yeah. monkey was his, but uh, it's just Barbosa's, I think. But they had, he had like that uh, Capuchin monkey and they're quite nimble. They can move around. They can bring you things. They're sort of smart. So, I mean, I don't know. A anyway, like, Anyone with interesting ideas, we can uh, we will leave like a little poll yeah. or basically just a Q&A question of what's the best animal to have. Just comment down below. We If there's any very interesting ideas, we'll just bring them up in the next iteration. Uh, but now uh, we'll just move on from that on to our last thing that we'll be doing today. Uh, we're doing another tier list. Um, and to keep it, you know, topical, um, we have a tier list of what animals can you beat in a fight. Um, so yeah, just load it up. Okay, so yeah, here we go. We have the little tier list. Um, I mean, we did kind of basically steal the top one that there was, but doesn't matter really. It's more about the conversation, right? So we have the tiers, everything from basically you would lose to very badly. You would kind of put a little bit of a fight in. Then we have the 50-50, which would mainly be leaning one way or the other. And then like a more literal 50-50. And then we're going into you would win or full on and then maybe not so full on basically. Um, pretty basic anyway. So... Um, what way do you think we should go about it? Do we think we're going to do it like just look through a selection of animals and start putting them in places or do you think we should go like one by one just debating each one? Probably, well, you mean whether each of us should make its own graph or... No, it's more of a... Um, okay, so now we're going. So do you think we should get paint the walls with the, their blood and ch uh -huh. choose all the animals for there? Or do you think we just pull up one by one? And... Yeah, one by one, one by one. Sure, okay. So we're starting off with a lobster. Um, oh, let's set some rules, though. Um, where are we fighting them? Is it like within their natural habitat? Or is it... Because I think we're very screwed with marine animals in this way. If we do it, uh, so I think I would suggest as just more like you know, like in a gla like a gladiator pit, you just get dropped. There's uh, an animal there, you no escapes, just standard. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, but with the water animals, let's say that they have their full mobility in the ground. For example, they can do. Or, or okay, another thing. We're in the water. 
but in the water we do not need to breathe underneath underneath it or anything and we have our same mobility and strength as just in air on the ground but it's everything is in the water and the animal can fight with its full abilities I mean I guess you can kind of just do it in like a just a shallow water because it's not going to be a problem for most animals, right? If we take stuff like crocodiles and turtles and all of that sort of thing, you can drop them on the ground. They'll be fine. Uh, but then the only place where we can't really translate it is stuff like sharks, dolphins, yeah. and whales, right? Is there um, a shark? Are there sharks? There's oh. a whale, there's a dolphin, and there is a shark. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, let's just... We can do it in the water, but... Uh, I don't know. It's it's gonna get weird if we get like the full mobility. Like, how are you gonna translate the full mobility in the water? Considering humans don't really have it, so I guess we'll we'll just put ourselves in water there, and we'll just lose badly. But we'll cross that bridge once we get to it. As far as the lobster goes, I assume we're not doing it on the bottom of the ocean. So it's just a little lobster in front of you, and you pick it up and you rip it apart. So yeah, I mean. It can get a few hits, but are they? Re- I mean, are they really that dangerous? I-, I think I can just stomp it with my foot, so it won't really. Be Probably. Bad. I mean, their claws are very strong. Like they have one yeah. of to hold on, and then the other one to like cut. So, like, if it if it manages to like grab you, it's not going to be nice. They're not going to do enough damage to. But then, if they are literally just on the ground, they're not going to get the chance to stomp. So. Uh, I think you'll be alright. I think that we can go top. Yeah. Next zebra. one, ooh, a zebra. Mm. Well, that's basically like a small horse, right? I think they go up to about like a meter and a half, 1.6 in height. So it's kind of like a small horse. They'll probably be up to maybe 150, 200 kilograms. Um, mm. Well, here we, I think the problem here is I don't know what I do to it. In order, like, yeah, I mean, what I would do is pro- I would probably just kick it in the head or in the body to start off, and then just look to basically get its eyes out, maybe just with my nails or something like that. Just problem get is, it will it will go up on its back feet, like on its yes, hind legs, yes, and it yes. will stomp you. It yeah, so well. Hmm. Another thing I don't because what you would like as far as like the animal is mobile, it very much has the advantage. If if in any way it like loses a leg or something and it can't stand, that's because like that's how like um you would see Komodo dragons hunting deer and stuff, right? They grab the leg, they want to immobilize them. Um Well, I mean, I believe I can break its legs. With some sort of leg kicks. If you have the, if it, that's the thing, I don't know how you get the shot on them though. Yeah. Because, so. like you would maybe like get like, I don't know because the second it goes on its hind legs and it starts stomping, I don't see where you can do anything. And the only way for you to do it is to stay away from it. But then if you stay away from it, there's no way for you to damage it. So yes, unless you are like. Unless we bring any weapons into it, which are we are not doing, I don't think there is literally anything we can do. I think, yeah, I think it's probably. So I'm 
separated between it would be a close one, but I would lose, or I would get a few hits in, but I would lose. I think. I yeah, exactly where I was as well. Um, I mean, close. I I think I, I'm okay with more of a get a few hits in, but I would lose because a close one like that to me spoke speaks more of like a melee, like you know uh, where. Like there's some bout going in. If if in any way you just get to the ground, you start to have no way of attacking it at all, and also you're just gonna get stomped. So I think I'll back a uh, few hits in. Okay, and then some sort of mouse. Um, I mean this will be a lot more annoying to grab than uh because it's so much more mobile. So I think you would most likely get bitten, but I think. It can't really do enough damage. Yeah, it's it's in the first category. Ooh, I don't know. I was thinking about a few hits and just just because I do not see any way where you do not get scratched and bitten, just because. But I can just stomp it with my foot. Do you think it would be fast enough? Oh, if it well, it would get tired, or I do. Hmm. Because, I mean, let's say. Another speculation to bring in, you are there, like the animals there know that they, they're with the intent there to kill you. So they do, they want to kill you and they know to kill you. I think the only, because they can jump, that's the thing. They can jump quite high. Um, I think it can jump on you. Yeah, they. I mean, am I wearing shoes? I mean, probably, I assume so. No reason not to, I guess. Okay, okay. Like, let's um, let's say it will get a few hits. Okay, I agree. Okay, I, I'm happy with that because, uh, like, I, I do understand what you mean. Like, it's not gonna do enough, but I think it will find a way to just make just be a tiny bit annoying to start with. Okay, uh, we're going to some sort of white tail, I think. Um, so what are we talking about? Maybe like a fifty kilogram animal, probably about a meter or so tall. Um, but it does have well. How much of a factor do you think the antlers are gonna be? Mm. Well, well, it. I believe that if I do not let him charge on me, there won't be that huge of fight factor. But if it gets some sort of distance a running, then they will maybe hurt me. Yeah, I mean, th that's how I imagine it going. T to start, I think it will most definitely charge at you. And like as long as you as long as you can dodge that first thing, like they're like we're now talking about even smaller animals than what we were doing with the zebras. So if you dodge that first thing and you have any way to like have contact with them because they're not going to be in the position to do that whole stomping thing and stuff like that. I I don't think they will be strong enough or big enough for that sort of offense to be particularly like it might still happen, but I don't think it'll be particularly useful. And I don't think they're like the animal operates in a way where that's the way it fights. It does rush in with its antlers down. So if you can dodge that in any way and you have a hold of the animal, um, it'll be very good for you, but then the thing is whether you would be able to do that, which is not going to be easy. Um, I'm definitely thinking one of the three 
close categories, right? So yeah, either yeah. pure on 50-50 or uh, the leans in one or the other. Um, well, if I have shoes, I can do a lot of damage with my kicks. If I, let's say, I grab it by the antlers and then just try to kick it. Well, if you grab it, it's I think you'll be okay. Um, because, like, I don't think they're... Like, I think as long as you have it grabbed, I think we'll be sh you sort of be okay, but they would be strong as well. So maybe... Mm, so it's a pre... I don't know. I don't know who to give it to, so I'm thinking about, like, a 50-50. Okay, yeah. 50 -50. Yeah? Okay. I, I, I would agree. Just because I, I'm not sure, like, there's, like, things that sway me in both directions, so I think that's only fair. Um, and an iguana. Um... I mean, I assume it's going to be one of the top two categories. Um, well, yeah, I'd... they aren't really ve venomous, I believe, so they can, can't really use that. Yeah, I mean, can they... Well, it's better... Now, I think the conversation is just, do they have a way to make it annoying, or is it just going to be a straightforward, literal stomp? Uh... No, I I think they won't give give themselves that easily, so they'll probably get a few hits in. They do have pretty long like claws and stuff, so yeah, yeah, they're jumping. And also, yeah, they, okay, sure. they they can also take damage. They can like lose their pay or something. Uh for iguana, maybe. I actually don't know whether iguanas do fall into that category, but why not? Probably. Ooh, that's a, okay. An octopus is an interesting one because. On the ground, I think it's a top category, but if we put that in water, we're kind of screwed. I don't know what we do. How, how <laughs> they're, big, they're how, very strong. They do have poison. How big are the octopus? Let's see. Depending on an octopus. You can have one which is probably like with a diameter of a few centimeters or so, but then you can have like giant octopuses which will be bigger than you. Well, an a giant specific octopus is about ten to seventy kilograms, and it is the biggest ones. Oh no, the largest octopus was about thirty feet in length, so it is about what ten meters. Yeah, and weight an impressive six hundred pounds. About two hundred and fifty kilos. Yeah, even even more. So yeah, if if I'm in water, I'm pretty much. Oh, well, I don't. Like, think... I think it's very dependent on what sort of like if you get. Although, uh, to be fair, what we are looking at is a cuttlefish. I'm pretty sure, but I don't know how good like whether that helps necessarily or not. If we're talking, it is yeah a cuttlefish. So, is it? I think I think so. Mm, wait, let's see. It it does look um. Hmm, I'm not sure. Well... Or more of a squid. Hmm. The cuttlefishes are smaller. It is about one... Oh, oh it's, it's, it's a squid. It's a squid. Okay. If you if you search up squid, the second picture that, ha that comes up on Google is that picture there. Uh-huh. Oh, 
Well, well if, again, if we assume it's a giant squid. Well, that... if it's a giant squid that's bigger than the octopi. Right? Yeah. I mean, okay, that one, it... right? Okay, if we take that one right there, so let's take like a little medium-sized, I don't know, like a 10, 10, 20, 50 kilogram, like something not the smallest one you can get, but not like a giant squid, because both of those I don't think are much of a conversation. If you have like a medium, medium-sized one, um... It's not going to be easy because you would, like, if you grab hold of them, I think you're okay. But that's much simpler said than done. Yeah, and also, first of all, it's we agree that it's in shallow water, so everything will be slippery. But again, I, I, think, I, I don't really know what to do to it. So I would probably just have to rely on just kicking it too many times and it will just die out of the... But kicking in water is not going to be much of a thing, is it? Yeah. Well, it's, it's very hard to generate any momentum and power. Yeah, so but in shallow water, I was kind of thinking that I can basically drag them in some sort of. So effectively, I can, I can, get my leg above the water and then kick them something like that. That was that's what I was imagining. I mean, if you like try to stomp though, like the second you hit the water level, I think you basically lose all the momentum of that kick though. Yeah, yeah. So, I know, like, I think the only way for you to do anything against, yeah, like something like that would be literally grabbing it. And if you have it in your, but then that only works if it's a small animal. If it's like, if it's anything above, like, you can't really like grab a twenty kilogram animal and just like wave it around and like rip its, you know, limbs off. So anything above like a five kilogram animal, I think you're kind of screwed because again, I have no clue what to do to it. Yes, but also what can it do to me? That's also a question we have to look at. Um. Well, okay. So as far as um, an octopus, okay. And again, if it's one of the giant ones, I think they can just basically swallow you. Um, and the... I don't know how strongly venomous, but octopi are venomous. Uh, squid, um, but I think it okay. Can... Yeah. So all squids and octopi have a venom gland and a venomous bite. Mm. So, ba so that does that mean? I think it's. I would get in a few in a few hit, but hits in but I would lose I think that's that's what it well yeah so it says like an octopi venom can result in nausea uh, respiratory arrest heart failure uh, severe sometimes total paralysis blindness and you can die within minutes if not treated yeah so probably the I would get a few hits in yeah I, you can just put the octopus in as well I think we have that um, on the second row in the middle, we have an octopus. Because I'm pretty much it's pretty much the same fight, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the next two ones are very, pretty quick. We have a bear and a yeah, hippopotamus. Yeah. Um, I don't see what we do to a bear. Or yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, um, I, even I believe that I have really powerful kicks because of my taekwondo training. But I believe that even if I put in the most powerful kicks. Probably they would barely notice it. They they wouldn't even think that's a thing. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I and it's like well with the bear it it will probably you would again it'll grow up on its hind legs and like take you down yeah, so yeah. I don't know what you would be able to kick and then the hippo is just gonna rush you and yeah it's 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 a non it's a non contest for sure um, okay for us to regain some confidence we do have a sea turtle yeah um, I think I mean some so depending on the turtle. Like, they do have a very strong bite. They would have to try and bite you, though. Like, you have the alligator snapping turtles, right? Where that's, like, one of the strongest bites in the, in nature, basically. But it can only basically bite out things with the size of maybe a finger at most. Yeah. So I don't think they would be able to do enough damage. Yeah. How I would damage them is another... Interesting question, but stomp them on their head, kill the head. You don't, you have to turn them over. No, wait, you just kick them in the head, stomp them. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, if you can, if you can grab hold of them and like throw them to like, like if it's even in the water, you can grab it, take it to the shore, put it on its like, put them face down, sort of thing. Um. I think it'll, it'll be okay, and I don't really see what they do to you. Are they going to bite you? Uh, maybe, in the water, while trying to get hold of them. They would have the claws. Uh, I think it's okay to say that they would get a few hints in. They were... Sure, yeah. Let's let's give some respect to and the turtles. It is a tiger. I think... Yeah, no. Tiger, no. yeah. Tiger is basically... Then a wolf. I mean... Oh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the same. Okay, let's let's get no, this out of the way. Anyway, no, no. let me propose a few things. Okay, let's put the lion with the tiger. I think put the rhinoceros there as well. Yeah, gorilla, um, orangutan, probably still elephant. Um, elephant. Yep. Um, I mean, okay. Uh, these are the. Same sort of type of animal, so we can leave it at that one. Then the panda. Uh, the panda. Pandas are like a nerfed version of the brown bear, right? No, you you you're gonna get you you don't you can't do anything to it. Yeah, probably it's there. Yeah. Um. Okay, we can. Let's let's do like the clownfish. Let's just put it top row. I don't see what the clownfish does. Um, okay, wolf. Okay, the wolf is a tiny bit smaller than the other things. Let's check. I'm gonna check the size. I mean, they can get up to like probably like a ninety kilogram, sort of an eighty ninety kilogram. I'm pretty sure. Um, the gray wolf is the biggest one out of them all. Um, and I, I think something like a 90 kg would be a, the max you can get. So yeah, like a normal wolf would be up to about 80. No, no, a, uh, a female, but I, that doesn't see what kind of wolf it is. But it said that male wolves weigh about 100 pounds, which is... 50 kilograms and they are six feet in length which is like 183 centimeters 
So I think. I mean, but I think safety is about the average. Like uh, I think a good span would be about thirty to eighty. Um, like the of course, like once you put these like top and bottom brackets, th those would be like very specific animals. Um, those would be the smallest and biggest within the species. But I would I would say like a fifty sixty kilogram is like a standard. Yeah. Just we can take sort of middle of the road animal. Okay, if if in any way the fight goes on the ground, it's it's done for. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I believe I can, I can keep it at a distance with my kicks. So mm. I, I think it will jump. <laughs> yeah, and it I will think jump. anything jumping ruins the kicking tactic. <laughs> Not, very much not really because you can kind of dodge it it's a way but i still i think i still think i will lose i mean if i was a if i was a wolf i think i can beat a human mm. well now the thing is like what i'm picturing is okay let's say me and you are fighting i think that's it's okay because like okay. Okay, me, i'm 70 kg so that can be a wolf and you try to go at a distance and go just kicks, throw kicks. Yeah. And my only goal in the fight, let's say, was, will be to jump on you. That's the only thing I'm trying to do. I'm not trying any other offense. How, I don't think you would be... Like, you might dodge one jump. I think you wouldn't... Like, and you would probably, like, kick me on my way in. But I think I was still probably... Uh, even if you dodge one, even if you dodge two, you then... Yeah, I mean, also, if you look at MMA, for example, a lot of times the good wrestler or grappler beats, beats the striker. Let's say John Joe, John Jones beat Cyril Gunn a few months ago, like that. Also, Habib beat Conor McGregor. So the grappler always kind of, a lot of times he has the advantage. So I think I would put the wolf in the... I would get a few hits in, but I would lose. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll be alright with that, yeah. At least, with it being a tiny bit smaller, I think kicks might help a little bit more. But just in order to kind of have your name on the board, you've had a hit, but yeah, that's about yeah. it. Uh, I'm a call. Um, I mean, it will be annoying to grab because it can fly. Um, it, in order Because it's trying to kill you, in order to damage you, it will try to come in. So I think you will be, have a chance to grab it. Once you grab it, it's over. So I think I'm pretty comfortable with few few hits in. But same. Oh, a Komodo dragon. Um, okay, some very, very, very bad things about it. Poison or venom, I mean, um, which is they are very quick. They are probably quicker than a human, or at least about as quick as a human. Um, they are on the ground, and I don't think they can jump, which is good. But also, they do. I've seen like them fighting on their hind legs. You know, probably they'll try to do that. Um, they're they can be like two, three meters long, at least. So, uh, I mean, I I think because it's court, like it can't. Because it can't jump, the legs would work. Um, no matter whether it goes along the ground, you can stomp it. No matter whether it decides to lift its body up, you can kick it. But probably 
you end up not doing enough damage, you get bitten at some point. And if you, like, you cannot let yourself get bitten. Otherwise, the fight is over. So... Wait, is it over, though? Because um, how much time does this venom need to kick in? Considering that's the way they hunt, they just bite, like, the leg of deer, and then I assume... Um, you think, would not have enough chance. I think it's about um. I, I probably would have enough ten minutes. Which let's check out quick. Um. I mean, you you are definitely dying. It's not gonna happen at least for like about an hour though. So it, it says uh, it says a few days even. So even if we assume that it's an hour, I think that an hour is maybe enough to kill it. Because I mean I, I will if it, if I if it dies first, right? Um sure. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. I think you're dying at the end. That's probably because infections and stuff, I think it's saliva. Has a lot yeah. of bacteria and things, so um, I think you are dying. But the yeah. thing is, also the bite, like how can you move around? Pretty like if let's say it bites your ankle. Uh... that's another thing to. Yeah, I would probably. I would try to like put my leg as far as far inside its throat as possible but it may be it may be too strong of a bite most likely i assume uh you're not going to be able to free yourself from the bite if, if it decides to grab you uh and well it is about 40 newtons a bite of a Komodo dragon which is weak compared to a crocodile, but well, sounds okay. Let's but... let's check how how strong is a human bite. To get an idea, because I have bitten my own hands. So a human bite is about three times weaker than the than the. Okay, so I assume you're not gonna be able to like. It's either like the only way it releases that limb is if, uh, well, okay, how I picture it going is you get a few kicks in. At the end, it manages to grab hold of probably a leg. You will fall to the ground and then it will, like, it, it has bitten your leg and you use your other leg to kick it in the head, hoping that it will release the, the other leg. But I assume once it does, like, even if it releases your leg, I do not think you can stably, like, stand on it. I don't see how that happens. So your offense now becomes, like, like you mentioned the UFC, it will be that sort of, you know, on your back, the guy's in front of you, you're lying down and you're just trying to kick him in order for him not to be able to grab any position. Uh, but they are used to putting down 
50 kilogram animals anyway. Um, and oh. they can't seem to escape. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, apparently, according to regarding reptiles.com, the Komodo dragon has a relatively weak bite. It lacks the strong muscles required to break bones. So it will not break my bone. So I will probably be able to stand on my foot again. Stand, maybe. Kick, no. Uh, like, you're no. not going to be... Let's say your left leg's off. You're not gonna be ha you. You're not gonna have the base in order to deliver kicks with your right foot, though. Like I feel like this is a good. If this is like a fight where, if we had any sort of like weaponry, you had anything sharp, anything of any sort, which would help us deliver more like substantial blows. I think we we have good chances, uh, I, but I think it would be a close one. But a, I think you lose at the end. Well, I think it's more of a fifty-fifty. We had a very long discussion, so I mean, there are lots of things which can. Yeah, I just I just don't know how you win at the end. That's the thing. I don't know how how I if you're because your legs are basically gone. At at some point, your legs are gone. And it's like you're not gonna punch up a Komodo dragon. Yeah, I don't have. I I don't like. I think it would be a good fight. It would be a long fight, but I just don't know how we win. And because I have no idea how we win, but like with the deer that's in the fifty-fifty, at least I'm like, okay, if you have a foot or something, you immobilize it. Like if Wait. you. But with a lizard, with the Komodo dragon, I don't know how you do it. Okay, but I found that apparently Komodo dragons rapid, are rapidly becoming exhausted after physical exertions. So I may be able to tire him down first and then it will not have even the energy to bite me. Um, so you're thinking like uh, being on your bike, sort of run around the arena for a bit. Well, probably, or yeah, just keep keeping my keeping distance, just some sort of a basically checking kicks where you you don't really kick it, just sort of show it that it will come in your range if it makes one more step, something like that. I mean, apparently, from there is some Komodo National Park or whatever between 1974 and 2012, there were 24 reported attacks from Komodo dragons on humans, and five of them were fatal. Mm -hmm. But, mm. yeah, so, I mean, it, this statistic is probably, it does show that more than 50% result in a successful human defense, so to say. But, I mean, but it's not a human defense because yeah, yeah. I don't think you have the like the um, murder intent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He also had another people which were to rescue and probably he had some, he had some knife. But also, uh, the Komodo dragons, they live in some sort of, they live in Asia, basically, right? Yeah, Indonesian islands mainly. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And the people there are smaller than us. They're shorter. They are. They don't weigh so much. So shorter, yes. I think the small thing doesn't like. Um, we are not particularly good examples for. Uh, oh yeah, like, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I think the people are also yeah they are more fragile probably. Who knows though? Because they are. They do live with 
the the only animals around us are like pigeons, right? So it's not <laughs> they're more used to. <laughs> that is true. No, I don't know. I would. I assume the even though the one thing that we need to maybe factor in the venom, even if it doesn't kill you immediately, it probably like you would get all the like nausea and all the heart things and you know there will be a lot of conditions around the venom which i think would impact how you fight as well mm. i think it would be incredibly lucky for you to win so i would say like because okay. of 50 50 i don't see it as a like i see it more of a you have some chance to win it's not that you don't but i don't see how we have a 50 percent chance though i don't think it's Okay. In most, okay. if you play it out as like a simulation, I think we lose most more than fifty percent of the cases. So. Okay. Okay. Now we have Ooh. an uh, ego. They are pretty strong, and it will be incredibly difficult to grab hold of them. It is the defense is difficult because yeah, because if you want to grab a hold of it, the only chance you have to do so is when they charge on you from air. You have to defend yourself from that. So it, it's going to be pretty difficult, actually. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they have what, in order for them to attack, what can they do? They can use their claws to do damage, and then their, their beak, maybe. Uh... I believe what they will do is they will just rise above in the sky and then they, they will just charge yeah it's like gonna here. be uh launching basically yeah yeah uh, i don't know uh if you can like if you can stop them from like if you grab them by or something like you'll be fine whether you'll be able to do it it's gonna be very difficult um I mean, I'm happy with a 50-50 here. More of a whether you can or you cannot grab them. Yeah, but let, let's, see, okay. let's see how durable they are. Do egos get tired? Oh. I mean, they probably fly for a very, very okay. long time. Okay, egos do not get tired. <laughs> Apparently. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, they they are very durable. Okay. I mean, I I would expect that because they do spend a lot of time flying, right? And they'll be like cruising around looking for rabbits and stuff yeah. to dive in and grab. I, I mean, I, I'm happy with a fifty-fifty. Just yeah, whether you. Yeah, I mean, I would have. Okay, I agree with the fifty-fifty. It's it's another animal where if you need, like, if we had any sort of tools. It would be very useful, but we just don't. Yeah, and yeah. our bodies are incredibly fragile, and we can't like deal any. Like we don't have any claws. Our teeth are basically useless. Uh, we don't have any way of attacking other than just punching and kicking and ripping. Like the only thing we have is the fact that we have thumbs. But if you can't really, yeah, I don't know. And. 50-50 even might be generous, but I don't know. No, I feel, okay. I feel it's more of a 60-40 to us, but it's basically 50-50. Then okay, the, other, go, yeah. the other thing is, I think I would paint the walls in their blood. This For the Robin? With the Robin. Uh, yeah, I don't think it can do enough. You'll probably be alright. Yeah. Happy with that. 
Uh, a ferret. I think that's a good few hits in, but I win. It will probably manage, like, it will probably scratch up and buy. Like, we've put the mouse there. That's at least, like, a big mouse, right? So, yeah, okay. Like, not that it's a rodent, but. Um, a shark. A shark. I, I think we're screwed. Yeah, because, I mean, there are lots of people who have defended themselves against the shark. But it's just that they have done enough, enough so that the shark leaves them and they haven't really killed it. So I mean, Yeah, it's just like it took a chunk out of their leg and then it swam away. But if the shark is there with the intent to yeah, yeah. kill you, I, you don't, yeah. And it's in water. We can't barely do anything in water, so... Yeah. Is, um, this, a, is this a green mamba? What is this? Or an anaconda. It could be. Like, it could be a green mamba. I think it's a green mamba. Let, let me just check. I mean, as far as snakes goes, it's just more of a... Whether it's venomous. Yeah. Um, it could be more of a boa, maybe? Like a tree boa? Oh, no, it is... I don't think it's a green... No, maybe... Ah, it's difficult. I think it... The... I think it looks more of a boa to me. Yeah, than, uh... yeah. I don't think it's a green mamba. Okay, yet. So it is... Or maybe... Maybe a green python? If you can... Yeah. You, you can look up a green three, tree python. Mm. No, no. It, it has, it, it has no. those, like, bumps. No, no. No, it has like two nostrils. The green, the, the skull shape, the head shape is different of the green python. I mean, do we have any other snakes in this? I think, I think a green boa is. Yeah, I think it's that. I mean, but mm. anyway, again, the only thing there is whether it's a constrictor or it's venomous. So we can, I mean, we can have the conversation if the snake is venomous. Um, probably. Well, it will. It will at some point get the bite on you. Yeah, but um, as long I think, how much does a cobra? I think if it is over a minute for the the poison to kill you, I think you you can kill it in under a minute if you like choke it or stomp it, stomp its head, something like that. I think I feel like you you can do it in under a minute. I mean that would again depend on very much which uh, which snake it is and how like strong the venom is, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if the venom kills you in over a minute, I think it it is enough time to kill the snake. And what do you think about where if it's like one of those giant sort of constrictor yeah, like yeah. boas oh. and pythons and anacondas? Mm. Can you do enough to it? Well, honestly, I I don't think so. I mean, I, I pretty much me I myself am. I have a pretty slim build, so I believe I'm gonna be. It can break my ribs, I think, and even though I can. Kick it very hard. I feel the biggest 
anacondas which are above 10 meters which is like 30 feet i think i think they just can continue to suffocate me and just no that's the thing like if it's if it manages to wrap yeah, yeah but like, I... around you in any way it's gone because yeah. you can't really but I don't just whether or not you can stop it from. I doing don't think that. I. Pre- I don't think I can prevent it. I think. Well, mm, it depends on how tired it gets or anything. But I believe that if it's one of the biggest snakes, I don't think I can prevent it. Well, okay. So if we take it as a snake, then let's just talk about. We're talking about snakes in general. Um, I think overall, then, as far as the snake population, so we get any... If it's the most venomous snakes, you're screwed because you die too quickly from it. If it's a not-so-venomous snake, you're all right, because you will probably die, but you will kill it first. And if it's, like, a big enough thing, constrictor-type snake, you would not... You get a few hits in, but not really enough. So I think overall, against the family tree of snakes it's probably like a it leaves more in their way right because the only time we win is we win by killing them first and then we die and then we lose the other two situations so okay so it's what um... i think it's like maybe yeah let's just do that again yeah. okay uh, then what's that starfish, starfish. i Yay. think it's just like this yeah 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 that's then... what too. That's like a crocodile alligator, alligator maybe, or no, it's a crocodile. Whatever, uh, it's pretty much the same thing. Mm. I mean, I have had dreams where I choke a crocodile, but I don't think it's. I mean, it's gonna happen in the real world, yeah, yeah. Probably not. I think it's actually. Actually, I I want. It's one of the ways I want to die. Is by the, the crocodile spin move, I don't know how it's called, but when they just grab a hold oh, of your... Oh, the death grab, where, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that thing. I think it's awesome. So uh, I'll just get, get torn to fucking shreds. Yeah, I mean, especially, like, if there is any water, like, if it's water-related, you you don't even have an, any offense. Yeah, yeah. If it's on, like, you have slightly better chances on the ground. Just because it is on the ground, right? You can yeah. jump around, run around. Like, you'll be a lot more mobile. You have the kicking and stuff. So I think if it's if it's on the ground, you would get a few hits in. If it's in the water, you're fully screwed. Yeah, uh, then it's a horse. A horse? Well, a horse is... Uh... Well, it's like the zebra, but bigger. Yeah, but I don't think I'll put it in the same tier as the zebra because I don't believe it is that much powerful. So I'll just get torn to fucking shreds. I I think I can maybe break a leg or kick it really hard in the neck or in the in the head, but ultimately I would I would lose. So you feel like maybe you get one hit in? Yeah, maybe one. Um, I mean, okay. I mean. It's I don't I don't think we will get any significant hits in just any hits maybe so I mean it's it's either one or the two I, I'll be okay with a few hits and why not we will, you will do one or two things before yeah. you get is that a cheetah next yeah 
I think I I believe cheetahs are are weaker than wolves. Probably uh, bite as well. Um, they will be lighter. Um, so they they sure yeah, but well instinct instinctively again as cats they would go for your neck. Um, yeah, but I mean I think are their claws. I think their claws are not as big as the wolf's one. So I don't think they have their claws as big I mean, they're going to be good enough, right? There's cat claws and... Um, thing is, if it, char if it charges at you... Um, I don't know, because their way of hunting, right? Um, with the high speed chases and stuff, it's uh, their heart rate goes up, and they can only keep that up for a matter of seconds. Uh, other way, otherwise they'll just die. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Heart failure and stuff. So they they will they get tired easier than the wolf. So yeah, sure, they would have less stamina. But I think overall we lose. The I thing is, how bad we lose. <laughs> Well, I believe it is. It would be a close one. Um, I think it's gonna be closer than a wolf. Sure, I think the wolf is worse. Um, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Then there is a cat. The cat. Um, well, I have. I mean, I fought against cats, but not to the extent that I killed them. But I believe they would get a few hits in, but ultimately I would win. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that, yeah. You would, like, they're small, they, like, they would scratch you up and stuff, sure, maybe they'll bite you, but I think, like, if you land, like, one kick, you'll yeah, be yeah. pretty alright. As long as, as long as you're not dumb enough, so they would just jump on your face and rip your eyes apart, then, yeah. Which they will probably try to do, but yeah. I think I am happy with that. A and crab. then we have a crab. I don't think you can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. Oil it's basically like the thing. Okay, a dog. A dog? Well, I mean, these dogs. Specifically, dog. Yeah, this dog specifically, I think it will go as, in the same tier as the cat. But the bigger dogs will probably be in this tier here. I would. It would be a close one, but I would win. So it's probably if it's like if we're talking like a proper like um canine trained for the police or like some of those like muscle dogs like yeah. pit bulls and stuff i think it's we you're going borderline like wolf territory with the biggest dogs of course then you have like chihuahuas and stuff where i think it's I'm pretty sure a cat is going to do a lot more to yeah. you than the small dogs. Um, so, I mean, I would go either 50-50 or I I mean, again, I, I, I propose we do it in the same way that we did the snakes where it's just kind yeah, of like but, an estimate. Yeah, but I think you would win against pretty much all dogs, even most of the trained dogs. If you are a trained fighter, you can. I think you can beat them. 
probably not the biggest of the biggest ones, but most of them. Let's say a trained German Shepherd. I think I can beat trained German Shepherd. Isn't that going to be another like an 80 kg dog? I... No, I don't. Wait. Yeah, there's definitely. It's like once you get to those sort of weights and stuff, it's going to get very difficult. No, but the German Shepherd is about three times smaller than a, than a wolf in terms of length and in terms of weight. I think they're around 40 kg or something. Stand like Okay, yeah, uh, th 35 is the average. So let's say it's a 40 because it is like a special dog. So it, I think with German Shepherd, it is going to be about 50-50 maybe then if it's trained. It is definitely going to be a lot easier than a wolf because it's smaller. And the heaviest dog in the world is about 250 to 300 pounds mm -hmm. on English Mastiff. Yeah. Which... I mean, as, as long as it is relatively athletic, then it will beat me. Like a fat one, then no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see it. Obviously, yeah. But, um, I mean, okay, considering I think we are sort of screwed against maybe only, let's say, five to ten breeds, and then there's so many small breeds, and we, we've put pretty much everything in, we will lose. I think, just for confidence sake, I think we'll be okay. I'm okay with a. Okay. We'll give ourselves a nod. Um, okay, then we're going very much into the bird category. Um, a peacock, uh, I think it will be all right. I think I don't think it will. We would even can it even like do something with his beak? Can it poke you or I don't know? Can it probably they can also fly, right? So. I mean, in, there is no way it can do less than, like, the macaw that we put, like, the parrot in the second category. But I don't think, I don't think it can do enough. So I'm, I'm happy with another. I think the swan will probably be the same as well. And then maybe the duck. Yeah. I think they're basically all the same, sort of. Okay, now okay. a sheep. Is that a sheep? Yeah. A sheep. Hmm. Um... I think, I think they're not mobile enough, which is good. Yeah, I believe the sheep are the same as the birds here. I mean, they they, they won't do anything to you, and they will probably. Um, and their well, their way of attacking will be to charge at you, especially like if you get a male one, if you get a ram, and in the way they butt butt heads, right? If if it manages to land that. Like that—that's their only chance, you know. But it will be probably sort of difficult for them to land it because it will be like a very straightforward pinpoint attack. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they should go to the same cave. Maybe they will bite your hand or something, but I don't think they will do anything. Really. Yeah, I don't know. Probably they're probably not going to be able to. The thing is, it will be very, very difficult to like damage them. It will take a very long while to put them down. Because of how big they are, I think, but you should be all right. Um, a whale. Well, uh, we can't really do anything to a whale, can we? You just outgain torn to freaking shreds. 
Yeah. I mean, like, they don't really... They're probably just going to bump you around, but that is, what, like a 90-ton animal? I yeah, yeah. Even just bumps you. Um, a seal. Um... Mm. Eels. Eels. Okay, if it's in water, it's, it's we're screwed. Are we? How big are seals? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, like you have like stuff like leopard seals and things where like they hunt. Like they're they'll be so much more mobile than you. The bites and everything. Like the biggest seals. Um, what would my guess? Everything that's in water. Oh oh, oh the Baikal seal. Wait. The Baiko seal is five meters and three thousand kilograms. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everything that's in the water is just so much heavier than you would think it should be. Mm. Okay. Yeah, if we're talking a three-ton animal, let's say. Oh, but that's like the biggest of the biggest. Okay, let's that say is the biggest ones. There are smaller ones. I would say I would get a few hits, but I would lose because there are some smaller ones. Yeah, sure. A few kids sound okay. A cow. Oh, um, cow. The cow, pretty much like the sheep, will not do anything to you. It can't really attack besides of charging and maybe biting. It does biting. have horns on the charging, though. And it's much bigger. <laughs> like, you've, have you seen any of those um, bullfighting Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. I don't I don't see how you do anything to it again. So I think it's too big for you to like you will well, not be able to you're not gonna be able to control it in any way to grab it. Um I don't think kicks are gonna particularly do anything. And then it'll just run around. It can't kick with its hind legs, it can't charge at you. So okay. I think if it is we're but if it is just a cow, okay, yeah. I mean, I don't think we, like, there is no way that it's in the top three categories. Um, I think I'm comfortable, because of, just because of how big it is, like, lowers our chances a lot, I feel. So I think I'll be okay with, to give us, like, some credit and go, like, close one, but you lose, let's say. Yeah, okay, I agree. Uh, a, dolphin, pretty, a dolphin is pretty much the same as the... Seal. Whales and stuff. Or whales. I would say whale because. Mm. How, let's see how strong its bite is. A bo- I don't. I, I, I assume they're not even going to go for biting. They're just going to bump into you. Really? That's how they, oh. like, they attack sharks and stuff. Their bite, I think, is. Wait, what? I think their bite. Is very strong. I mean, how many newtons is it there? Oh, well, it was, it doesn't say it in newtons, it says in pascals. So it is like, it is 4,000. No, that's not even pascals. Okay, dolphin bites strength newtons. Because, I mean, I don't know. The other thing, with the seal thing, the only thing that, like, if it's in water, I think it's the torn thing. But it ca- you can fight it on land. And if it's on land, you'll be better off, for sure. But with dolphins, you we will have to fight it 
in the water. There's no land version of the fight. And it's, again, another several hundred kilogram animal. That... Yeah, I don't see myself doing anything to the... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can kick it, I can punch it, but it will basically do zero damage, so it's not considered hit. Yeah. And a goat. A goat, mm. I think a goat is about the same, like, with the sheep. They're small yeah. enough. Okay, I agree. Uh, then we agree that this is... We, we will consider this as a llama. I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, it's more like a... That's, I don't see what else it could be like. And we it could be like a, another sort of a bit bigger of a deer, but there's no point in throwing another deer in. So we can do like the whole alpaca, llama, guanaca sort of family, um, which I assume are basically sheep, but a bit meaner. Um, mm. want to throw it? Mm. Do you want to throw it with the dog? Yeah, that's, I was thinking about with the dog because it's yeah. basically like we put the deer there, but that's like a deer which doesn't have the antlers. So I think I'll be okay with putting it with the dog. Okay, okay, yeah, I agree. And then we have the owl. owl. So, I mean, it is probably they would get a few hits, hits in, but I would win. I mean, they, I don't think they are that strong. And Well, the only thing is they are also like... They are hunters, so I think it's somewhat. I would I would propose maybe putting it again with the dog and the llama, just because it's kind of. I feel like they serve as a good middle ground between all the parrots and ducks and an eagle. I think that's kind of like the type of bird which is in between those two. Okay, and apparently they have the same bite strength of a dolphin, so they can do. Okay, I I I will agree. Yeah, we could do that. I think. I mean, I think we've we were a little bit generous to ourselves in a few cases, but then gave the benefit of the doubt to the animals in a lot of other cases. So I think we were pretty fair in our judgment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't see anything here which would say like I think we've given us too much. Like, we are. Yeah, it is yeah. also a pretty nice distribution, as you can see. I mean, pretty much half of the animals we can beat. Pretty much half of the animals we can. Yeah, I mean, it's very good for us that there is like a lot of small things because yeah. like they threw in a few pets and stuff. Because if you go all wild animals, there's not much you can have a fight against. But I, I think it's pretty okay. Um, I don't know. How long have we been going for anyway? I think... Um... About two hours, I think that's perfectly yeah. reasonable. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a cool like, little episode, like a little theme to it, some animal thing. Um, as we said, j drop down um, the for in the Q and A about on the what animal you would get as a pet. Um, maybe we can, we'll see. Maybe we'll drop even like a little discussion on the fight things you can say whether we got one of them really wrong and why we did so um so yeah all of that good so just comment down below or like subscribe five stars on the podcast spotify apple podcast all everything like that um and thank you very much for listening as always um this has been val this has been sashko and, and see you for the next, next one, one.